Hello and welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Slow Your Roll. I am Dominic Lawrence. I'm alongside writer for the Yaki Way Report, Jesse Caulfield. Regular contributor Brian Salem in the booth today. What's up? We are going to be reacting to all of the championship rounds, plenty of other NFL talk, and a little bit of, uh, you know, a sliver of baseball mixed in here and there. But uh, mostly the championship talk and some, you know, more embarrassing news coming out of Patriots Place (laughs) over the week. We'll be discussing... All of that, the referees, where San Francisco goes from here on in after that horrendous game. That feels so bad. Did Shanahan desecrate an Indian grave or something? Uh, I mean, I think just the San Francisco franchise did, I think, did something I know, at I some point. I don't think San Francisco did anything. I think the gods have cursed Shanahan since 28-3. to 3. Well, I mean, the sports gods. Listen, maybe he's got his own thing going on, but San Francisco has had the injury bug. Yes. More than any other team, it seems. I mean, at least I can explain that with the brand of football they play because they do play super physical, but like the quarterback stuff is just getting ridiculous. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, but it was it was a it was a ec- epidemic of it this year. Oh yeah, it kind of was. But God, that was so disappointing. <laughs> that, should, that was going to be such an epic game. I love how Philly fans are still trying to talk like they're amazing. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Corral. Oh, Commenting on all our videos on the thing. Good for you. You beat Josh Johnson and Christian McCaffrey. And you beat the Giants. Is this the I called Cincy's the luckiest Super Bowl run before last year. Is this the luckiest one? A little bit. I think it is. A little bit. Now I, mean, I want to go back. Like I here's the thing. I almost kind of feel like, you know. The Rams almost had a little bit, but like the the in the idea of the games were tougher. But they since, had to play the his, Bucks. Here's why I say since these wasn't because they had to they had to do they had yeah. to win all the games. They had to beat better teams than them, yes. and then they stumbled into it. But yeah. that happens. That happens. Yeah. But then like the Rams are just sitting there being like, well, "We got this." Yeah. Like at least like I mean I know we've said that almost every round, but like this shouldn't be that easy for Philly. Yeah, and yet Patrick Mahomes, his ankle will get worse after the first drive. Kelsey will throw a hissy fit and bench himself, and then they'll steamroll and win another championship that uh-huh. they don't deserve. All right. Anyway, but with that, I'm going to turn it over to Yaki Wave Report writer Jesse Caulfield to get us started. Jesse, speaking of Travis Kelsey, take us away. Yeah. So I did a thing again. I'm going to take a picture first, uh. and then I'm going to bust out the camera. Because I don't, I don't think about this every single time. Because I want this one. That's not what I want. Because, hey, you know what? Travis Kelsey is going back to the Super Bowl. What Super Bowl number is this appearance for him? Third. Third? Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> so, yeah, he's going to his third Super Bowl. we got the Kelsey Bowl. I'm a bigger fan of uh, Jason. I kind of think he's actually the better player, too. But that's a different discussion. So, you know, now that he's going back, Jason, uh, Travis Kelsey... He, I, I'm more of the talk. Oh, you know, he had a he had a back injury that game. He didn't show it though. He's the best, the goat, right? No, I don't care. I don't think Travis Kelsey's the goat. I don't want to hear it. I don't give a damn. You can get you can have this argument with me all day. I'll be like that episode of Family Guy, stubborn as a mule, like nope, 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 yeah. nope, because there's just there's a there's an intangible that we can't really record that just trumps everything else. I'll even go over some of these stats here for you. Let's go. I'm going to compare him to my man. Brian's not a big fan of him. Rob Gronkowski. 
because he is a kind of a a Dolph. Yeah. Whatever. It's his personality. Yeah. I get that. I he's 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 a dude, bro. But let's talk about football. Let's talk about how he is on the gridiron. So Gronk, uh, you know, he's got some records. He's got the most tight touchdowns from a tight end in a season, 17. Uh, the most touch, total touchdowns in a season. Led the league in, t- in receiving touchdowns that year, mind you. Sure he did. Sure he did. He, yeah. Uh, he even, oh yeah, he got total touchdowns in a season with 18. And then most career touchdowns in the postseason by a tight end with 15. Let's go over Kelsey's, some of his records. He has more records, actually. Uh, most seasons with 1,000 receiving yards by a tight end, seven. Most consecutive 1,000 yards uh, with 1,000 yards receiving by a tight end, seven. Which raises an interesting question there. Uh, total receiving yards in a season by a tight end, uh, 1,416. He beat Gronk to do that. Uh, seasons with, uh, excuse me, seasons with 100-plus receptions by a tight end, three. Fun fact, Gronk never had 100 receptions in a season. Most he had was 90. Uh, and then games with 100-plus receiving yards by a tight end. He's got 35 of those. Good stats. Good player. I'm not going to deny that. He's a beast. He's the man. Uh, and probably the best modern tight end. But there's things about that. Like, I really I don't care about any of that. I don't care about the stats, any about that. Because there's some things like, you know, Gronk only played 16 games three times in his entire career two of those times were his first two seasons in the nfl and then one of those game, one of those seasons was his first season with tampa bay 2020 in which he was not healthy for all those 16 games and we know it but he still played them all and was in an probably was his third favorite receiver on that team fourth after ab came yeah so you know easier to stay healthy with that uh has only and uh, Gronk has only about 1,000 receiving yards less than Kelsey in his career, despite the fact that Kelsey has about 200 more receptions than Gronkowski has in his career. That's kind of surprising, actually, when I found when I was doing some research in this. Also, Kelsey has only not played 16 games three times in his career. 2020, he played 15 games. 2017 played 15 games and 2013 his rookie season he only played one game didn't even get a single target so that don't really count for much of anything so what am i getting at here the intangibles kind of say kelsey's better kelsey's on the field more but that's the thing a lot of these stats would be different if gronk was on the field more but there's another thing that the intangible that really matters to me and why just you can give any stat you want to me and i won't care why travis kelsey's better i watched gronk every single game of his career from 2013 to it ended in 2020 every single game i've seen every single game i've seen about 90 percent of travis kelsey's games in his career there is not a player in sports other than maybe wayne gretzky that i've seen dominate in the way Rob Gronkowski has. Travis Kelsey's great. He can catch the ball real well. He's pretty fast. He's pretty athletic. Blah, 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 blah. Rob Gronkowski was another level on everything. His hands were immaculate. His size was... He was bigger than everyone. His strength, he was superhuman. His athletic ability, despite the fact he was just this big, lumbering dude, was pretty great. He was fast. He could jump. He could turn on a dime. He was a great route runner. 
He also blocked with Travis Kelsey doesn't do, but I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. It's not about that. It's not about stats. It's not about what he does in tight end. Gronk was the most dominating force I have seen in sports in my time. I didn't get to really watch Wayne Gretzky, but that's what I'm going to compare him to. Travis Kelsey isn't that. Travis Kelsey, with those seven straight seasons of 1,000 yards, good for him, great. Gronk never, uh, Gronk only had three seasons of 1,000, I think it was actually four, of 1,000 yard play. But Gronk only played 16 games three times. And while he played all those games, still put up 1,000 yard seasons despite not playing 16 games, he was the most dominant force week in and week out every single game. Kelsey also has two, three years now of 17 games? Yeah. No. Oh, well, it's two years. Two years. Two years. Okay. So Kelsey has two years of 17 games now, too. Well, he only he only played 16 games last year. He sat out one. That's true. So, but hey, Gronk never had, he never played yeah. 17 games, even though he had a 17-game season last year. Didn't play it. He missed a couple games. Gronk is... Unlike anything I've ever seen in sports, he used to get he used to get pass interference on like every play, and they just would stop calling it because he was just so big and strong. Yeah, just yeah. oh, the push offs, the push offs, the push offs. He's like, no, man, just get out of his way. No, I also meant that that the defense would be interfering with him all the time, and the oh, league yeah. just stopped calling it. Oh, oh, you're saying they were okay? Yeah, all the time. Because he used to get PIs to call them on all the time. No, for I push offs, and yes. I'm like, that's bullshit. He's just a big man. Well, also, a lot of times they would initiate contact too. Yes, but like it just got to a point they'd stop calling it because yeah. usually Rob would just it didn't matter. No, it wouldn't. Here's <laughs> the thing: you, I've seen people draped on his back, and he's still picking up yardage. He's still. Do you remember that run? Against the Colts. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. You know which one it is. Yeah. Running through the whole secondary, unstoppable, stiff arms, jumping over people. He had a. He came out with that game, too. Blocking people into the cameras, whatnot. He had a game. Throwing people out of the club. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. I remember his comments after that game. So I know you said you don't necessarily care about the blocking, but I'm really, really, really glad that you mentioned that because, like, this is something that I was sort of alluding to to you last night when I said, please, let's not be stupid. Kelsey's not even remotely close to the goal. And you were like, yeah, but he's pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, he is. But... I know, but he doesn't block. Like, he doesn't block. Like, look at some of the... He says he doesn't block. ...great statistical tight ends of all time. Right. Since we're talking about Kelsey, who is a statistical anomaly for a guy that plays that position, be that as it may, it's a crazy passing league now in quarterback center. He's he's Shannon Sharp 30 years later. Mm. Like, a lot of coaches these days, I, I would bet anything, if you ask Bill Belichick, how would you prepare for him? Treat him like a wide receiver, mm-hmm. not a tight end. Yeah. Part of what makes great tight ends great is, like, if you can fulfill every role or every need that is required of that role, since you're an extension of that five-man brain that is the O-line, mm-hmm. not only do you have to know your route tree, as an eligible receiver, now you have to know blocking schemes and all that stuff, and you have to be able to execute it. Like, let's just say Kelsey was half the blocker, or blocked half as much as Gronk had to, right? 
Could he block prime Von Miller or prime J.J. Watt for a no. whole game? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. Sit down and shut yeah. up. And go to practice, you little what? bitch. Even when Gronk wasn't the receiver he was anymore with the Patriots. Which, by the way, that last season with the Patriots, he had more receptions than his first season with the Bucs. That surprised me. Because I feel like he had a better season with that first season with the Bucs. But he was mostly using the run game for blocking. And he still was as good as ever with that. The other thing, though, is is if you're only asking Kelsey to do the receiving thing, that just gives him way more opportunities. I mean, keep the not, healthier. I mean, the Niners, when Trent Williams went down and the O-line was banged up early in the year, Kittle wasn't doing anything in the receiving game because they needed Kittle to stay in for protection. Yeah. So that adds to the numbers for Kelsey because he was just – even the O-line's banged – the Bucks Super Bowl, when Kansas City got obliterated and their O-line's getting obliterated, never thought – Oh, we could have Travis Kelsey help. That's how useless he is as blocking as a tight end. Never was never even a thought in their mind. It's the thing. He like he it's, he even says like I hate doing it. I don't want to do it. Like it's probably a situation where he's like oh we would love to be able to do that with you. He'll just he'll do it half assed. Yes. He'll do it. He won't do it wholeheartedly. Well, blocking is a lot about just like. It depends you want on it. yeah. It depends on the type of play you're running too. Like if it's a, like. There were a couple of plays in the Jacksonville game, just, right? Just a trenches battle. It was, a, it, it, it was a quick, like, you know, it was a real quick, right off the snap, block and release. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that fine. You can look at it and go, well, he's not half-assing it. That's how that play is supposed to be executed. Well, let me let me give you a counter to that. In the Super Bowl the last Patriots Super Bowl against the Rams, that that touchdown drive, the first play of that drive, Sony Michelle's in the backfield. They're set up to, they're set up to run the ball. Rams are predicting they're going to run the ball. Gronk's blocked, shed is blocked, went out for the pass and got the reception. Travis Kelsey would not be able to fake that play the way Gronk can because everyone thought this is a run play. Like mm-hmm. Sony Michelle's in the backfield. I get it. They don't really have the guy, oh, he's in the backfield. We know they're going to run the ball. But, like, Gronk can sell a block because, well, Gronk blocks. Kelsey's blocking. Something's up. Yeah. Like, he's going to sell that. Like, he's going to try to break and do something. Like, you know something's up. Yeah. Gronk, you just know. But one last thing. Those seven straight seasons, like, he's got seven uh, total seasons of 1,000 consecutive or 1,000 yards and are all consecutive. Mm. Who took the reins as quarterback six years ago? Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. No one gave a damn about Travis Kelsey before Patrick Mahomes. Mm. No one gave a damn. Decent stats. I looked them up. They're pretty good. But they're pretty league average for what we have nowadays. Mm-hmm. Pretty Gasicki-like, pretty Dawson Knox-like, pretty Robert Tanyan-like. Mm-hmm. No one cared who he was before Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I mean, Gronk had He does. He did, and there's that argument. But, like, every time Gronk was on the field... He was dominating. And you just looked at how he played. That's what I mean. I just looked at how he played, and there's no doubt in my mind. Would he have quite the stats? Would he have 90-something touchdowns, Gronk? Probably not. Would he have the four Super Bowls? Probably not. But I still see him having a Hall of Fame career and being damn well in this discussion if he's with anyone else. You could put him on the Jets in the crowd. We wiped our ass with the Jets the entire for Gronk's entire career. You could put him on that team. He's just that much of a game changer, mm. unlike anyone I've ever seen okay. across sports. Maybe he was a physical freak. That's what I mean. Like he was just an unstoppable force. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. 
Yeah, I think there's something to that. I've seen Kelsey be stopped. Oh, yeah. We stop him all the time. And, like, sure, towards the end, people would double-team Gronk. He wasn't quite as skilled anymore. But he was never. He would never disappear for an entire game. He would always have a big catch somewhere. Usually in the red zone. That Steelers game, where, like, that last drive, it was Gronk all the way down the Took field. over. <laughs> Ghost for the first half. I think he had one target, one reception for, like, nine yards. <laughs> and then we say he had a great game for that one drive. Yeah. Just because he's like, I, I, need to, I need to come through here. Yeah. Or, or, or when, when we went into KC and did it oh, in yeah. Kelsey's house. Yes. In sure. overtime. They sure. shut Kelsey all down those, that game, all too. All those by the third way. downs. Yeah. Brady to Edelman, Brady to Gronk. Oh. Yep. Yep. Masterful. And they shut Kelsey down that game. At slow your roll on Instagram. Who are your top five tight ends of all time? I know. I, that's a good one. I can't even think. I can't even fill it all the way out to five. I don't think. I do think because it's oh, kind of it's kind of it's Gronk, it's Kelsey, it's Sharp. No, no. Gronk. Yes. No. No. Tony Gonzalez. He's on the list. You got to put Mike Ditka in there. Does Kittle need two, to three honest, more years? Kittle needs more time. Okay. Kittle needs more time. I would okay. say. He needs to stay maybe, healthier too. Maybe. Oh. Mark Antonio Bavaro, Gates. Maybe Mark Bavaro. Those oh, '80s Giants Gates. teams. Yeah. Uh, who else? Kellen's, Kellen Winslow Sr. Yeah. Back in the day with Dan Fouts. Some, some, uh, 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 Dan Campbell. Ben Coates, criminally underrated all-time tight end. Mm. Benjamin Watson. <laughs> uh, remember, that, remember that play against the Broncos? I do. The pick, he ran all the way down the field to tackle him. Yeah. Was like DK, that was like DK Metcalf long before DK yeah, Metcalf. Yeah, gamer right there. <laughs> All right. He was on that With that, we're ready, we're ready to move on. Rapid fire news. So Vic Fangio has been hired by the Miami Dolphins to be the defensive coordinator. Brings in the question, is Sean Payton really going to take a job this year? You know, something to think about because he was going to be I'm getting, Payton's DC. I'm getting no vibes now. Yeah, I, I'm not shocked. I thought at the start I wouldn't have been shocked because we talked about it was like the worst crop of jobs ever. Yeah. So like, why bother? But anyway, Vic Fangio is now the highest paid coordinator in the NFL. <laughs> really? Yes. Good for him. Denver, you shouldn't have fired him. Whatever. Uh, Glaber Torres and the Yankees avoided arbitration. Uh, Torres, one year, $9.95 million deal uh, with the Yankees to stay in the Bronx for at least one more season. Celtics beat the Lakers, 125 to 121 in OT. But that's not the story. The story is. LeBron got blocked late in the game and is throwing uh, a temper tantrum about it. There's now, some great angles of that. Now, they missed a call, but you know this wouldn't be this big of a deal still days later if it wasn't LeBron. Yes. Who gets most calls anyway? So, like, you're such a bitch. That's what I thought. Like, dude, how many... Like we'd be and, over. And, and how long has he been in the league? Now? Listen, we are bitching about the officiating in Kansas City and Cincinnati game, right? We're about to. We're but everyone <laughs> is. That's an AFC Championship game, costing Cincy to go to the Super Bowl. I bet you in seventy-two hours we're gonna stop talking about it. But LeBron in a regular season game doesn't get a call on a block, and it's like been. How long? I feel like it's been almost a week. I will give him this. And they will not shut up. One of the reasons we are talking about it is because we are making fun of LeBron. Oh, we're, 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 we're going to hear more about this LeBron play and his little outburst. More but the red, did you see the, the no, 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 did you see? I hope we get a new angle today. No, the officials just <clears throat> apologized today to him. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm serious. 
Uh, I mean, did you see that courtside angle? Yeah. Absolutely incredible. It's one Absolutely thing. Incredible. As- cleanest, cleanest block of all time. No, I, mean, I just want. I, I just uh, meant. No, I meant of his freakout. Oh yeah, I don't no. give a damn about the block. I don't care. How it was the cleanest block of all I time. I want a new angle of his freakout. Okay, that's what I meant. The courtside so angle was fantastic. All I know is I didn't see anything. It looked clean to me. If the officials want to come <laughs> out and be like, "Yeah, we missed a call," that's one thing. I'm all for that. They should do that. Yeah. All I saw was in a man playing on the court. And in every sport. Yeah. But the fact that like that culture of that league is the way that it is, so much so to the point where. They're apologizing. They personally <laughs> apologized to LeBron. Yeah, it's so fine. Because anyway. they made an inappropriate non-call. I know. Anyway, Bruins, one in three since we last did the show. Uh, Losses to the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, and the Carolina Hurricanes. It's Good over. losses. Good losses. Now it's also, over. <laughs> also, the Carolina Panthers have hired Frank Reich as the new head coach. Gotta say, I love the hire. We'll talk about this probably in the coming weeks when there's less to talk about. Um, but I think I think a really good hire for Carolina in a terrible division. I think I think they just got interesting. Um, Sean Payton, his second interview with Denver was put on hold. Uh, there's talks about it will not even happen again. I'm not shocked. I told everyone I don't see him taking that job anyway. But anyway, so the Sean Payton second interview is on hold. Lastly, Stetson Bennett was arrested for public intoxication. Over the weekend, good for Stetson Benin that we have plenty of other stuff for the Darwin this week because usually that would be up there. But way to help that draft stock, Stetson. <laughs> <laughs> was and, he was he gonna go ahead of the second? No. Oh no, he round. was no no he was gonna be a late late, yeah. late round well. pick anyway. But like you know, you still didn't help yourself. Maybe you're not gonna get picked at all. Undrafted maybe, free agent status. Yeah, yeah, maybe undrafted free agent status after that. De- I bet definitely Jerry, didn't help his case. I bet Jerry Jones wants him. No, he does not. <laughs> I was about to say you you have just solidified your Jerry chance lo- to be a cowboy, a raider, maybe a jet. <laughs> no, and he got a, a arrested, raider. and he got arrested in Dallas. Yeah, I saw ah. that. You know, it's funny. If it was in Georgia, you know, he wouldn't have gotten arrested. Of course not. <laughs> okay, I'm just you know. If there was well, if there was an abused woman involved, he would have been a cowboy already. <laughs> uh, or a raider. Too soon. <laughs> or a gun involved. Okay, if it was a gun involved, he'd be a raider. Yeah. That, that 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 is true. All right, so that has been it for rapid fire news though. Moving on to the AFC Championship. I mean, we have two different things to talk about. Let's just talk about that game itself before before we get into the controversy. You know, in this age now where we got to pay every damn quarterback 45 plus million dollars, that game perfectly encapsulates what you should actually pay for. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has a busted up ankle, hobbling all around. His wide receivers are dying around him, and he's making plays still anyway. Joe Burrow is once again dealing with a garbage offensive line, consistent pressure in his face, and he's still delivering dimes when needed. A great one for Jamar Chase. The one to T. Higgins on the touchdown was perfect. And that's with Chris Jones and Frank Clark bearing down on him. That game, really, that's the clarity. And Burrow and Mahomes have separated from the league. And from here on in, if your quarterback comes to you and says that he wants to get paid anywhere in those two stratosphere, you should show him that game and then just (laughs) laugh him out of the field. Dak, do you think that you could overcome down three offensive lineman facing Chris Jones and Frank Clark to make this game close? You can't even overcome Amari Cooper leaving in the offseason. How about losing all of your wide receivers pretty much throughout the game and having a 
messed up ankle. You you could tell Mahomes was in pain, especially by the end of that game. So, again, in this age, we got a number of guys out here are going to have to get paid soon. Josh Allen already has been paid. Herbert's going to get paid. Um, I mean, Burrow, Burrow's, Burrow's going to get paid, but we just talked about Burrow's one who can overcome. Burrow's worth it. We got a bunch of other guys out here going to try and get paid. That's what you show them. Can you do that? No, you're not getting 45 plus million dollars. 35, 40 range, we'll talk. Anything above that, shut up. <laughs> I thought I thought that game perfectly encapsulated clarity. That I mean, we're in the middle right now of like the changing of the guard a little bit though, because Russell Wilson's deal has hurt Denver. You know, some of these teams are now going to start coming back at these quarterbacks and being like, "Come on, man!" Like, look, look what happens. These guys don't win Super Bowls. So, remember when we would be shocked when quarterbacks would get like twenty-five million dollars a year? Like, whoa! No, man. I know. Whoa, dude! You're gonna bankrupt your team. I know. I feel like this really all. <clears throat> started to take off like when Jimmy got that deal in San Francisco. It did. I thought it was Kirk more. It, I think it was kind of both. I mean, I think it was Jimmy because he was so unproven and got such a big deal. Kirk because he... It was Kirk Cousins. He, well, sure, but like he at least established himself and won some games. But like, because he got it fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, for three years, yeah, I was just going to say, like, you got to be really good. Mm-hmm. To have any three years of any contract guaranteed, like fully guaranteed to you. Just because of the way the language in those contracts is so phony and the way it's written with all the outs the owners have now. And the way they can move money. Yeah. It's like, I know you have a huge cap hit, but like, no, you don't. You do next year. I do feel so vindicated, though. Because I did say if Kansas City wins, it's going to be, it's going to look exactly like the Rams since he Super Bowl. And it kind of did late in the game. Since he had trouble moving the ball, Chris Jones was in Joe's face, and it ended up being Chris Jones, just like it was Aaron Donald on Burrow's last drive, that ends up busting oh, through okay. the offensive line and making the play. I understand what you meant there. Yeah. I thought you meant like it kind of looked like the AFC Championship game last year. I'm like, nah, since he was coming on in the end. No, but no. I, but I understand. No, no, no. The Super Bowl game. Yes. And, and since he... And since he was able to disguise the O-line against plenty of other teams and, man, and, and do things to to deal with the situation when, when you face someone as dominant as Aaron Donald or Chris Jones, someone who can create interior pressure, that's when things folded. Chris Jones made big plays, and it, it was exactly like that Rams Super Bowl. A little bit. Now, I mean, why why in a key spot? I know they lined up Chris Jones on the outside, which is not normal, but that was a failure either on the coaching or Burrow. How do you let Chris Jones be one-on-one in that situation? Mm. You're the old line guy, Brian. You like talking about this stuff. Why was Chris Jones allowed to be? I know he's lined up in a spot that's different than usual, but you got to see that. Someone's got to see that. Did he bull rush on that play, or was was that a stunt? No, he no, bull rushed. Yeah. No, so no, that he, was a bull rush. No, he that's bull rushed. There's there's no reason. Yeah, to, to yeah. For he, that. Just, he just out muscled him. Unless, unless just one on one. I mean, you got to have someone there to pick up. To chip yeah, in on that's that what block. I'm saying. Like, and if you don't it was have inexcusable. Anyone, if there's someone lined up in the backfield and he still gets in, that's on whoever's responsibility I that f- is. I think there was. Whether it be a fullback or a halfback, Whatever. someone to chip on yeah. that. But, but if even you, if you don't have anyone else lined up, like you, you better make damn sure mm-hmm. you got like Orlando pace blocking him. Yeah. 
Like someone should have been there, but no, dude, it was pretty much just straight one on one. I don't know how they let that happen. I don't know. Depend on the play call. But because I mean, there was someone in the backfield. I think it was P Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what the play call was, but he went out. Yeah, he went out. Not to not to block. I mean, no, I know, but like I assume that was the safety. In case they got in his face, I guess they got in his face sooner than they thought. But I mean, maybe it's just that situation. Like, we need you to be the safety guy where I can dump the ball off. We don't want you to chip. But like, I guess you could, you could have just, hey, move to this side, chip him, yeah, just chip him right there, yeah. But like, they didn't want him going out that way. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think someone failed. Somebody failed. Whether it was the coach or Burrow needs to recognize and and, and change the protection. I don't know. But that was a failure. You know, I could. Uh, I part of it, me wants to put it more on Burrow. It might be because, well, if, well, there was a look on his face mm-hmm. on the third down there of almost confident. It made me like, oh, they're gonna get this. Mm-hmm. Like there was a moment where I like, they, like Burrow's been getting this all day. Like he got it, and maybe he was too confident. He was like, know. I'm gonna get this out quick. It's not gonna matter. Yeah, maybe. If Burrow doesn't notice it, it's in part on the center too, because the, the quarterback's not the only one in that formation that sets the protections. Yeah, it's a backup center. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. It's a backup. I mean, Kappa's the only starter on that O-line. Then it is. Yeah, that's entirely. (laughs) Which, again, though, but if you know your O-line is all backups, again, under no circumstance should Chris Jones be allowed to be one-on-one on on a third-down situation. I don't know. and It's a dumb excuse, but I... Maybe Burrow just felt great. No, I know. It might have been. Burrow just over, overlooked it because he just thought, I, we'll get to the line. We'll get this off. It'll be good. He looked, I mean, you know, I've, you know, we've been watching him in these situations for a year now. Like, he's pretty cool. No, I know. He's pretty calm. And he looked, he looked in charge. He did. He, like, he almost looked more confident than I've ever seen Brady look. Mm-hmm. Like, Brady, like, would look so calm, but he'd never, like, put a smile on his face. Like, Burrow looked like he was relishing in it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you got to learn something from that. Maybe. You roused too much, kid? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, though, so, the Chris Jones thing we just talked about, my talking about Mahomes, Burrow, overcoming everything, they've, ele- they, I mean, to me, those two, for years we wanted to talk about, oh, it's going to be Lamar Jackson and Mahomes battling out. Then it was Josh Allen and Mahomes uh, are going to battle it out. Uh, to me, Burrow, Mahomes, everybody else right now. I mean, I, a little bit, I feel that. I feel like Josh Allen could be there. It's just could that he, he needs some coaching again. Yeah. But I, I hate this. Oh, it's the next Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Shut up. No. It's, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's the next great rivalry. Yeah, it's just, it, is, it is what it is. These come about because they just happen. They just happen. Like, oh, Brady, it's the next Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Well, we never said that about them. Like, you know, it's funny that you just said that. This one did just happen. I never remember the league really all that much trying to push this on us. They tried to push Lamar and Mahomes and Allen and Mahomes. Even this playoffs, they were pushing it was going to be Allen and Mahomes. This just happened. Selling tickets for it. Yeah. <laughs> this 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 is completely organically natural. Yes. The way that you talked about. But this is how they happen. But let's stop saying like it's the next this rivalry and comparing oh. it to other rivals. Just let it let it be. Let it let it take on its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like what why do we have to compare it to the past? They were some shade too after ratings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I get it from the media standpoint, but yeah. why do we as the fans like cuz I've never remember we never did this. No. Let, let, let's just let it be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a thing across media, not just sports of like 
not letting go of the past and not being able to create new things. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of that syndrome. Yeah. We got to compare it to everything that was. No. No, we don't. No, I get you. They were throwing some shade at Cincy after the game, too. Well, it's because Cincy wouldn't shut their mouth for the whole week. I know. The mayor. Oh, my God. Oh, it's Burrowhead. I don't know who said that, but, like, that's not... A, that's cringe. That yeah. sounds stupid. Yeah. And two, shut up! No, I know. Like, you're just giving them that crap. This is why other teams can't be dynasties, and we were. You're the mayor. Be the mayor. If Bill... If that ever had happened in New England... No! Bill would have called the mayor, and and first off... Us as Patriot fans, everyone in Boston would be like, we got to vote him out. He probably. <laughs> we got to vote him out. <laughs> Mayor Menina would never do that. You'd find out later, Bill made like a $5 million contribution to whoever he was running against next Yo, term. And- Bill would use that bulletin board material stuff. I know he would. I, who was it? Maybe it was the Rams in that last Super Bowl. Someone planned. It was Philly back in 2005. They already oh, planned their parade. Yeah, yeah, they planned the parade, and Bill was telling them in their team meeting the he parade goes. route. Yes. And it's just like, idiots. <laughs> yeah. Started off by saying, <laughs> Jacksonville did the, the same thing. Here's the parade route if you want to attend. Jackson, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jacksonville did the same thing when we played them in the AFC Championship game. Oh, I remember they were saying some stuff like that. I mean, they've Jaylen never Ramsey they've can, never faced the secondary like us. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey could never shut his mouth. I know. I mean, you saw what happened to us when someone took out that billboard by Foxborough and was like, Ray Lewis's retirement party this Sunday. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. That was like the only time that's ever really happened. Well, also, every, and then look what happened. I know. Any anytime I see those idiots that like get the tattoos. Oh my gosh! Those Too are... early. It's like I wow. really don't feel bad for those people. No, but I'm like, do you not see every year there is somebody, yeah. and it's like, do we not? Does no one just just wait a minute, man? A, if they lose, you will save yourself some money. Yeah. Two, they all look like crap. So, and three, you're gonna jinx it. Yeah, like yeah. come on, like I'm not. You know, it's that it's that quote from like the office like i'm not super i'm a little stitious when it comes to sports sure there's a little stition in me yeah about like i will sit in this spot like oh patriots are doing good i'm not moving from my spot i've done that several times in my life yeah no guess what it's worked every time Uh, but all right thoughts on the afc championship game before we get to the officiating poor jim nance (laughs) joe burrow's so cool <laughs> Joe Burrow so cool. Yeah, Jim, when you need well, your best no, playmakers to make a play. Here's another problem that we've not brought up for the Bengals. What? The leading rusher in the game was Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah. Like Joe Mixon is supposed to be one of your big weapons, and he was pretty non-existent. He well, doesn't even have to be a big runner, but like the backfield. Make them account for him. Okay. Yes. Were they unsuccessful? Make him chip. Were they unsuccessful running whoa, the ball, whoa, yes. or did they not commit enough? Easy. Yes. Make him. Here's chip. my. What here's what I remember. What? I thought this was weird. I thought they tried to get cute with the run game, whereas in Buffalo they just kind of played more the power. They kept doing it out of the shotgun and stuff with Nixon and like delays and stuff like that. And I was like, you ran the ball very well against Buffalo, just lining up under center, power. Pull, all that kind of stuff. Sure. I don't know why they didn't do more of that against KC, but instead they had to do it out of the shotgun and be cuter about it. Sumaje P. Ryan, 5 for 22. Joe Mixon, 8 for 19. Wow, those are dog-ass numbers. Well, I mean, P. Ryan had an average of 4.4 yards per carry. Yeah, on five attempts. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, 
Joe Mixon had an average of two and a half yards per carry. Probably didn't run the football enough, but I don't like the way the scheme they had in that game of running it. Because like I said, against Buffalo, it was line up under center, power, pull, all that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. The run scheme was dog ass as a whole. Okay, thank you. But then this game, they got cute about it for some reason. They kept doing it out of the shotgun. Like, I, I, I it was it? They almost did, like, with KC, like, a, the way that they had their run game, mm-hmm. like, the game plan for how they wanted to establish the run against KC mm-hmm. compared to how they ran against Buffalo was almost like, how many years did we say, like, teams... Like, they play to their identity, right? And then they come into New England and they're like, oh, damn, that's... Now we gotta... We gotta change it up. We gotta do something different. And then they get stupid. Like, dude, you've beaten Mahomes every time you've played him with Joe Burrow. Why why are we getting stupid with this? Yeah. And do what just worked against Buffalo. Don't outthink the room, man. Um, Speak... I just felt like they... Early on, they probably felt like, "Oh, we're we're totally losing this battle at the line. Mm. Let's let's escape it any way possible." But, some, but running there. helps because running slows down the pass rush. I don't know, man. And at least at the end of the day, you might not have the best old lineman, but running is still more about power. So, like, we're bigger than the D line no matter what. It, it's helpful in theory. It is, but. Yeah, you're going to have to double-team Jones. I was just going to say, not when you're single-team. you got to double-team Jones, but it shouldn't be that hard on a run game. Well, it seems like that was the thing, right? Like, all right, we're going to lose the pass protection. Let's let that happen. Let's let them all go by us, and then I'm going to hand it to Joe Mixon, and he's going to run because they're all behind me now. I know. that That was what they were hoping, but the difference was it wasn't around the sides. It was straight up the middle that KC was getting interior pressure on the pass rush. So, like, that doesn't help as much because you don't have as many people running by you because it's right in your face that the pressure was coming. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Not an outside running team, I guess. <sighs> they just, I think they just have thought things. Yeah. You know what? It happens been, a lot. That's, been a, that, that's happened a lot these past few years, I feel, of coaches. Yeah. Um, speaking of run games, though. We praised Taylor. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah, now, we praised them. I mean, I'm still not. I'm not blaming him that much. For no, this. but like, like you know, he might have. We we praised him, and now he just in the middle of the week, you're like, I need to change everything. Yeah, I know. Um, last thing about run games, but on the other flip side, Mahomes has been great. I thought losing Tyreek Hill, but they added a, a whole like three wide receivers who you consider twos or threes, and they've like made all Des Scantling. Yeah, and they've made Patrick more patient, go through progression, all that kind of stuff. But I think Isaiah uh, Pacheco has completely changed that offense. Oh, he's awesome. Because before, Casey had a run game mostly just because you were so concerned about the pass, right? So they could just get a quick, easy five when they decided to do a draw or something like that. Now they have a legitimate, like, threat and home run threat out of the backfield. Completely changes the way you have to play that offense. I really think Isaiah Pacheco has completely changed that Casey offense and made it so... Despite losing Tyree Kill, they haven't really missed a beat. I was just gonna say, not like it's, you still have another guy that's got that same like. Mm-hmm. Do not lose him. Anytime he's and you on can't the field, just, and you don't can't, lose him. And you can't always just play two safeties. You can't because if you do, okay, cool. We're, we're gonna run Pacheco until you decide to stop it, and, and then, then we'll you, go back to the basket. And then if you load up with like a seven or an eight man box, well. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got, you got three guys <laughs> dropping in the coverage. Good luck with that. Yeah. 
So I, I think Pacheco has been... I know he's gotten attention, but I think he's been underrated by just how much he has transformed that offense this year. Hmm. All right. So, last part on the AFC Championship game, the officiating. Now, I am not a blame the refs guy. Cincinnati, you had plenty of chances to win this game. Burrow had the ball with enough time to go down the field and win this thing. So any Bengals fan who says that they lost the game because of the refs, shut up. However, the officiating in this game I thought was awful. I thought they've missed multiple calls. I thought the drive previous Burrow had been hit late. They didn't call it. And that last call on Patrick. (sighs) Officiating. Can we call the games? That's your job. Call the game. Let's not decide the game. That play was bang, bang. Both people running full speed. And it's a penalty that didn't actually impact what happened on the field or the actual play itself. Like the play is over. It wasn't a hold that made the run go. It wasn't a PI. Like, it had nothing to do with how the play happened itself. So, you got to swallow the whistles of that kind of thing. Let's stop deciding the games. No one cares about you, officials. Let the play decide the games. You know what's funny, though? <clears throat> what? Is they, the ref swallowed the whistle on the three separate holding calls. Yeah. And, and I'm okay. Before Mahomes and runs I'm, out of the pocket. And I'm way more okay with non-calls. Like, I'm okay with that. You have to know, and this is the way it should be. In two minutes, minute and a half, you're going to have to just play through some things because we don't want refs deciding games, and that's the way it should be. And then to call that as late as they did, too. So the problem now becomes what's your threshold? What do you mean? Like, if there's something so egregious, like you said. Jesse has a beautiful point on this, so I'm not going to take his point. Yes, Jesse. the well, non-call pass interference <laughs> in New Orleans. No, I was literally just thinking about that because yeah. when you said like, "Oh, sometimes it's better to swallow the whistles," I do generally. Feel that, that was egregious, though. Yeah, I know, and it impacted the the play on the field too. Yes, so I do agree with you, but for the most part, but there is there is outliers, there's exceptions yeah. to almost every rule. But a rule I when I was watching it last night. Uh, with the play, I just kind of thought this again. If you have an example out there that'll make me second guess this, I'm fine to hear it. But right now, the way I feel is, if you are the ref and you have to sit there and think, if you second guess yourself throwing the flag, should I actually throw this? No, you should not. Mm-hmm. I feel that every single time, and that that came in late, very late, very late. Now, me watching, I was like. That's probably a penalty. It did happen so fast. It was a little rough. It was a little late. And it's Patrick Mahomes. Now, that last one, I was like, it's definitely going to be a penalty. Yes. Um, but when it didn't come in, I was like, oh, okay. And then it, letting them play. I was like, oh, okay, Which that's fine. Should. I'm just a little surprising to me. I know I'm going to see it on Facebook, people bitching, because someone will always bitch about a controversial call no matter how it goes. But then it came in. I was like, come on. If it, it was immediate, I would be much more willing to actually let it go even. Mm-hmm. But... When I, when you gave me the second to think about it as the viewer, I was like, nope, nope, it was wrong. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad for um, oh, what's his name? Osai. Oh, yeah, yeah. I felt so bad for him after the game. I would, I think, I would still to play devil's advocate, and I understand from that perspective. Like, if you have to think about it, mm-hmm. you probably should not throw it. Mm-hmm. Throw it. And, and talk about deliberate. it. Deliberate. Mm-hmm. How many times do we see that? I know. I'll give you a perfect example of when that happened once. Mm-hmm. And it decided a game. Mm-hmm. 
Monday night, 2013, pass at Carolina. Mm. They held Gronk in the end zone. They threw the flag, They and then they picked it up. Mm-hmm. There's no penalty against Carolina's defense for pass interference. Game over. Mm-hmm. It was pass interference, though, so it definitely was. But I'm okay. I'm more okay. I hear what you're saying. I'm more but okay. Like, so even more, when they I'm, throw a flag and pick it up, sometimes they still get it wrong. Yeah. So but I, I'm more I okay like, with non-called. Exactly, but I'm more okay with non-calls. I'm a, I'm a little more okay with that. Generally speaking, yeah. I am too. Like, it's the minute and a half. It's crunch time. We're all trying our hardest. Like, you have to just understand you're going to maybe just have to play through some things. The game changes. It should change. But th- let's not throw flags on bang-bang calls to decide games. Or. Awful to me. If you do, huddle up in your little, your little zebra group there and be like, bro, I threw the flag there. I don't know what you saw. It kind of looked like a penalty to me. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And if they're all like, from my angle, that ain't, be like, well, let's pick up the flag. Mm-hmm. People don't, I mean, I'm sure like the home crowd would be like, boo. Yeah. But like, they should, ne- it should never affect the outcome of a game. The crowd should definitely never affect the outcome of a game no, or a decision. Not. So like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, if you feel like you're making the right decision and it's controversial, but you just, you feel, feel like it's right, well then, go for it. Mm-hmm. But, Sometimes I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah. And the, the indecision really made it seem like... I know. That was so tough. Like, here's the thing. I was so pumped for this for this weekend on Sunday, I kind of felt it. Ooh. At the end, I felt disappointed. Now, yeah. not the NFL's fault for the NFC one, but that was awful the way they decided the AFC one. Well, like, when, when the players are all looking around, you know, Chiefs fans have their arms out looking for a flag... And then, you know, the Bengals players are looking around, also looking for the flag, but their hands are, like, clutched to their chests. Like, when they have a time to all turn around and look several different ways, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. The flag should already be on the ground. Let's just go. Let's keep it going. Yep. You didn't make the call. Yeah. Awful. All right. Any last thoughts on the AFC Championship game, guys, before we go to our first quick break? Joe Burrow is so cool. He is. Someone needs a volume button for Tony Romo. (laughs) All right. So with that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some more dysfunction and some more news coming out of the Patriots camp for this last season. Um, We'll talk about the NFC Championship and plenty more. So quick break. Stick with us, guys. back let's go local football mm-hmm. not as exciting football <laughs> off-season football technically now i mean I, I, we talked about this last week it's that time of the year where all the dirty laundry comes out the reporters spill some stuff some the leaks inside come out some uh, disgruntled former employees talk to uh, reporters and exaggerate some things here and there it's hard to know what's exactly true what's false just with all the crazy things that come out every year but for the Patriots I don't know I believe it all I do too it's all on and 
I saw it on the field. I feel vindication and Mac Jones should as well. Mm. Because, uh, I mean, you know, I don't have all the reports in front of me. But generally the report is, and I'm kind of numb to it at this point because it's just like, yeah, yeah, that, that checks out. That looked, that, yep, yep. All my, my eyes told me that all season. Yep, uh, that, you know, the, it was dysfunction and ineptitude <laughs> that was, you know, displayed on my television every week um, from Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Now, I heard I mean, a little over a week ago, their first report, I guess, was the Joe Judge one that he eventually just became a pylon standing on the sideline, taking up space. Um, Lily would have nothing to do. He was just regulated to do nothing, I was hearing. And then Matt Patricia, you know, I mean, I guess someone's got to be on there making play calls. But even Matt Patricia, like, I don't know when, if it was real, but, you know, Bill Belichick was making real decisions on the offense, which I trust him more with that. Mm -hmm. But I would like him to be on the defensive side of the ball. Um, But, I mean, nothing really here is truly shocking to me. I guess a little embarrassing, but, like, we saw this coming at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how could this be anything but what it was and it makes you like i said it before the show like why don't you just fire joe judge i don't want to fire joe judge i want him to be our special teams coach mm-hmm. and but you could fight you could have fired my patricia mm-hmm. when i when i don't remember what week it was it's too late in the season we can't make changes uh that stuff that that press conference is too late to make changes mm-hmm. which um bro anything was better than what you gave us yeah i would rather have Everyone just standing around knowing nothing's happening than dysfunction. Yeah. Dysfunction sets you back. Oh, yeah. At least if you're not doing anything, like, yeah, no progress is being made, but no one's getting hurt. No one's getting wrong advice. No one's getting their careers set back. You know, year two is pretty big for a quarterback. And uh, you gave him a defensive coach mm-hmm. and a special teams coach was the QB coach. Like, again, nothing shocking about this. I'm kind of numb to it, but it's 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 what we thought mm-hmm. everything was it was all what we thought we were all right the whole entire time mm-hmm. uh and you want to jump in brian you can jump in first doesn't it amaze me well obviously it amazes me why would i ask you guys that question doesn't it amaze you how quick we all were to be like wow it really is this bad when for the last five or six years of Brady being here, we were like, if there was ever a team and ever a head coach and an organization that had the plan ready to go, <laughs> it'd be the Patriots, and it would be Bill. And wow. And I was reading something about... Kraft took uh, away his plan, though. He you know, did. Jimmy G? He did. Listen, at some point, was it been six years? He's probably out of some new plan somewhere, right? Yeah, I don't know. To your point about uh, Belichick sort of moonlighting as a play caller, mm-hmm. that, and I was reading it, I sent you guys a screenshot today. I was reading that article and it was basically saying that that's a huge part of the reason why there were so many like pre snap and procedural penalties, like plays coming in really, really late. Mm-hmm. Patricia and Judge just had no idea what to do. Mm. You shouldn't have multiple people in on the play call. No, at all. At well, all. it's too many cooks in the goddamn kitchen. I think two is too way too many at that you point. You shouldn't have we should anyone. You no, we should do this, bro. We got forty seconds here. You shouldn't have anyone who's not qualified to do the job on the mic to begin with. Yeah, I'd rather one unqualified man than two people. 
Yeah. Because the second you disagree, it's like, dude, we got 40 seconds here. Yeah. Like, make a decision. I don't care what it is. We just make one. I got, so I got a different way of putting this. Um, not even like a putting it, because, I mean, it's not that, we've known this forever. I think it's funny, the national media reaction to it, and like the national way that they've reacted to this. Oh, they're so quick to say that this is the end of the road. Well, not even that, though. I just mean like how surprised they are, though, about like these reports that came out and how bad it was. What were you I feel, watching? I, I feel like us, I feel like us, when these reports came out, I've never had a single Pats fan so far really talk to me about it. Because we were all just like, we already knew that. Yeah, <laughs> we knew that we 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 thought it was going to be a problem from the start for the most part, and about halfway through the season, we were like, "Oh, this is awful. This is dysfunctional." Like us, who have been with the most functional organization, who know what it usually looks like. Very early on, every Pats fan knew, "Oh, it's totally this bad." So I feel like these reports, the national media is freaking out. The rest of us are just like, "So what? We already knew this." I know what it is. <laughs> what? The national media now realizes, like, oh. Damn it! It's not Mac Jones's fault. Maybe because they loved piling on him. Maybe, but I want to defend. I want to defend Bill for a sec. I was gonna say Mac. Not completely, and I wasn't a player originally planning on this, but you brought it up. Would this be different? Let's say Jimmy G had stayed. Josh McDaniels probably would have been here a little bit longer. Bill gets to some playoffs. Let's say he wins one. Let's say. Let's say he wins two or three playoff games, never makes it back to a Super Bowl. But the Pats are a functional, good, viable organization. Do you think McDaniel stays longer and Bill hangs it up sooner and maybe Josh is still here just waiting in the wings to be the head coach? I think if Kraft doesn't take away that plan, we look at this completely differently. Now, I'm not saying Kraft was wrong. He clearly wasn't because we won more Super Bowls with Tom and I would never trade that for anything. But for all the Bill hate, I think this looks different. If Jimmy G stays, clearly it's a functional organization. The offense is functional. I think Josh stays longer. Josh waits waits to be the head coach, and I think Bill would have been happy to leave earlier. At this point, I think Bill's biggest thing is just passing Shula's number. Once Bill gets to 348, Uh, that'll be enough. That's that's literally what I'm looking up here. If he was still here, (laughs) I think he needs to win 19 more games. Mm -hmm. Um. I bet if Jimmy was still here, the mission would be Super Bowl. Yeah. You because think Bill really, really believed in him. Maybe. And thought that he had picked the right successor. Maybe. Maybe right. maybe, and maybe it wouldn't have changed that because Bill would have said Super Bowl or bust. And it's still a huge thing to him, I bet, that Tom left and immediately won. Mm-hmm. Probably. And he's been middling. I don't know. If it, I don't think it's middle, a, middling to bad. I don't know if it's a big thing for him because he already thinks he has the cachet and he's and he's like Kraft took away my plan. So like whatever. What was I supposed to do? But you do have a point. Maybe if Jimmy is still here, it would have been Super Bowl or bust. Bill would still be here until they that's, did that. That's Bill's guy. Yeah, maybe. Like you, uh, I, I do. I doubt that Mac was Bill's guy. Maybe a little bit. Mm. Like I absolutely believe there was pushback from other members of the staff mm-hmm. and Robert and Jonathan to be like, alright, dude, mm-hmm. you gotta get with it here. Yeah. Find a guy. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that. I just, you know, and I'm not that guy like Bill's just doing it to pass Shula at this point. Like, I don't I don't really think that. I'm sure he'll wants to, but I don't think like, alright, I'm done. 
mm-hmm. second he passed. I don't think that. However, it does. It is interesting because at that point, like, oh, we moved on from Tom. Tom probably because Tom's not. He doesn't get to really choose where he goes to at that point. Not really quite in the same fashion. Now where there's a year in advance where everyone at least hints that he's going to do it mm-hmm. um, type of thing. So he doesn't quite go to the situation he wants to go to. He's not, it's not the, at least on Bill's end, the animosity, the resentment that possibly lingers, which I've said in the past on the show, I don't feel there's actually that much as people want to play up. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, maybe, maybe he gets to that Don Shula record. He realized like, maybe he, hey, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not, he's like, ah, I've replaced Tom. I've replaced every single part on this team. I can hang it up now. Mm-hmm. I could. I could see that. Thank you. I, th- I think. I think it might. But I don't think it would be about Shula and his record. Mm-hmm. I just think it's like, well, what do I have to prove at this point? I think it would have been more about that because I think Bill now feels like he has something to prove. Yeah, he we're almost to, giving him reason to stay. He needs to get stay. the Pats back to the playoffs and viable again. But I think they would have been very ring. viable with Jimmy G. He needs to win another For ring. The next, what? I mean, how many years has it been now? Three years? That was pre-pandemic. Yeah, so it's been... Yeah, it's been like three years. No, 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 no. That was... So he was... Tra- no, I know since Tom left, though. Oh, since Tom left. I think he meant since the no, Jimmy G trade. No, no, Jimmy G. Jimmy G's been well, five. he... All right, so the pandemic was when Tom left. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been like three years. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, yeah, I think there's a chance he could have hung it up. Anyway, so... Now, to the disappointment of the weekend, Philadelphia and San Francisco. That was going to be, I thought, a championship game for the ages. You had two of some of the most loaded rosters I had ever seen going up against each other. At least some of the most loaded I'd seen in a while. And instead, Kyle Shanahan is clearly (laughs) cursed, and Brock Purdy gets hurt one drive into the game. We're stuck with Josh Johnson, who can't even oh. who can't even handle a damn snap in a two-minute drill. I know what happened. What? I did it. Why? I came around last week. I said, you know what? <laughs> Shanahan's playing or coaching the best I've ever seen him do it. No, can make no mistakes. <laughs> there it is. That's what happened. I just recalled that. I'm that's, like, I did it. I did it. That's funny. You came around on him finally. Jesse, I want you to get the video up. I want you to react oh, to oh. this game first. Okay. Because I just figured out. And I, I don't mean. Talk talk to the Philly fans out there. Talk about the Eagles. Shut the hell up. <laughs> is that what you want? You want yes. me to tell them to shut up? <laughs> uh, I I need was, to- here's the thing. I. Another way I did it is because I was literally going to crap on them all week. I was seeing it like, oh, they put the San Fran jersey on. Um, Rocky. The Rocky, and I'm like, bro, you have a statue to a fictional boxer. I have said this to people with <laughs> the anchor so many times, and they love it. Uh, what, the fictional boxer thing? Yes, like you guys praise down there in Philly. A fictional boxer. A fictional yeah. character. And yeah. Bill Burr said it best, his epic Philly Rap. rant that yeah. will forever go down in the annals of stand-up <laughs> comedy. bridge-having city. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like you hear the Cheers theme song every time the Pats score a touchdown. Nope. All right. Well, anyway, I know you're in the Super Bowl, and yet I feel like you've not proved that you're really that much better than anybody. You're good. You're good. I look at you on paper. You're pretty good. Nick Sirianni, kind of got that dog in him. Um, He knows what the F he is doing. And yet, every time you have a chance to really prove that you are the team to beat, 
something happens. Jalen Hurts isn't there to play. Uh, you don't really play that well against the great competition. The second half is never really that great. Or they don't have a quarterback at all. Are they the 2016 Falcons? Well, which one was that? That wasn't twenty-eight to three. That was no. That wasn't no. They played. They played good teams and beat them. No, I have never seen anything. Was that twenty seventeen? Like, it might have been, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, I've that never, was a great year. I've never seen anything like this Eagles run. Continue. No, like it almost like I don't want to use the word luck because like you still there were still moments you had to get here. Like you still had to overcome Jalen Hurts injury. Uh, it was still a pretty tough division. You won. They almost went in the halftime with the game still tied at seven. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just to me that was the most unimpressive part about that game. Have you become religious? <laughs> because God suddenly likes Philly. Now maybe this is going to go the same way as the Phillies. Mm-hmm. You ride that wave to the finals, and uh, uh, but like with also with how Patrick Mahomes is looking and how many injuries the KC had, you might just ride a wave all the way to the end. And even if you do, like. I'm sure all the Philly fans will be like, we won, it's legit. And there's no asterisk there. But, man, I don't know if I've ever seen a luckier, easier ride than you guys have taken this year. Even when you were, what was it, 12-0? and 0, mm-hmm. Every single game, I'm like, who have you faced? Who have you faced? And now I'm here. You're in the Super Bowl, and I'm staying here. Who have you faced? Who have you faced? You faced Wildcat quarterback Christian McCaffrey. And Josh Johnson. Journeyman Josh Johnson. They or pulled off the street. Yeah. You see that? I saw a, a TikTok. A guy yeah. sitting. It's like, you know, nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. Eagles fans going nuts everywhere. It's like when you pay $2,000 to watch Josh Johnson yeah. in the NFC Championship game. And the camera pans to a very sad San Francisco fan. <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah. You, you, you rode cross country. He was decked out. Yeah. You're in nosebleeds. You probably got called every name in the book from the Philly fans. To watch and, Josh Johnson. Yeah. And then Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. That's quarterback. Brian, thoughts on the NFC for Championship? A, for game? a split second when I saw him coming into the game, I was like, didn't he used to play for the Celtics? Josh, <laughs> oh, Josh Johnson. Johnson. And then I was like, oh, no, that's Joe well, Johnson. When they put Purdy back in the game, I'm like, he's going to ruin his whole career to lose this game. Because, uh, like, I never thought he was going to, especially when, like, oh, they're running the ball, and he did just the little screen pass to McCaffrey. It's like, well, you can't actually throw with him yeah why even risk it anymore yeah and they didn't because they're going for tom in the offseason well that's where we're gonna go to now so what is next for the 49ers <laughs> now i thought i thought the last couple of weeks brock, exorcism brock purdy had played well enough you have trey you have brock both cheap you have a loaded roster you'd like to keep so it makes sense going with the cheap option the rookie deal so you can keep everyone Brock gets hurt again. Could Jimmy have hypothetically played? No, they said he wasn't. They they, they were hoping he'd Did be available, see? but he wasn't. I would take... He, they said he might be available for the Super Bowl if they made it. I would take yeah. 75% of Jimmy Garoppolo over like 3,000% of Josh Johnson. I know, it was bad. It was it was awful. Like, Did, I literally, I saw him coming and I'm like, who who is this? No, I know, it was awful. It was terrible. And I feel bad saying that. Anyone, was, anyone see the pictures of Jimmy G? Having, oh, the, having the best day of his life. Wait, what? There's there just a bunch of pictures of Jimmy G. Every single one. Ear to ear grin. Happiest I've ever seen him in my life. Are you serious? <laughs> Listen, I'm sure he's not actually happy that the team is losing and getting hurt. That, but like, 
He's never looked more jovial in a 49ers <laughs> uniform. It doesn't look good, but I'm sure it's not about what people are trying to make it about. I'm sure. Um, but uh, to me, this this throws Tom back on the table. A little bit. I think I think this is back out there, and I thought... I think if he goes to the Raiders, he's in a bad division with an average O-line despite the weapons, and we don't know anything about Josh McDaniels as a head coach. So I don't think that's a great fit. Miami, awesome. You get a great offensive coach. Vic Fangio now the D.C. You get Tyree Kill and Waddle, but you're still in the AFC where you have to deal with Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow. San Francisco has always been the fit to me. And I said it earlier in the year halfway through. I said, to me, for Brady, it should be Give me San Francisco or give me death. By that I mean retirement. Um, no, he'll kill himself. <laughs> He's not ready. But I to think I, to, to me step. it's San Francisco or, or or and that's it. Now that doesn't mean Tom isn't going to be thinking that oh I can do it in Miami or I can do it with McDaniel's and the Raiders. I just think from a football standpoint, well, that's, it should be this or nothing else. That's his team. That's his child. How team. on the table do you think Brady is for San Francisco? Or do you think they're going to look at this and say, it was more of a freak thing with Brock Purdy. We like the cheap option. He played well. He did everything we asked of him. We'll return next year with Brock Purdy. Do we really count on Brock Purdy to look as good next year as he did this year? No. Okay. Like, no, this I don't. Is, this, I don't. Like, this thing with, with these quarterbacks out of nowhere is starting to become a trend for Shanahan. Because Kyle is that good. Kyle schemes it up that good. And the talent... That San Francisco has on, on is the insane. Whole team, yeah, it would be the wisest business decision, Mister Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Yeah, to to just go home and ride that one out and and take about five million dollars to do it. Mm. You know, I mean, from San Fran's perspective, I don't know. I mean, what's Tom's cap hit going to be? Twenty-five million dollars? No, I think he's a full free agent. No, but like if you pay him, oh, like you still won't pay him like with a superstar quarterback. No, you won't. He'll he'll take that that shocking twenty five million dollar contract. Wow, what a cap hit! But that's nothing nowadays for QB. But do you need a fifty million dollar talent to get you over the hill? No, you don't. You just no. need someone to be functional. You need a game manager. Yeah, who won't screw up. Yeah, that's Tom. Well. I, now and I, San Francisco is still in that game until Josh Johnson screwed up. Listen, I maybe it wasn't. Listen, there's black magic here. Mm-hmm. There's no other excuse for a team. You put out four quarterbacks this year, five if you count McCaffrey. Like there's some there's some dark magic going on here. I bet it's it, it's probably Tom. He dipped into that Giselle stuff, <laughs> and he's like, I'm going home. I don't. Family be damned, I'm going home. I'm going to ruin that team, he really including did. the man. He really did pull an Eric Cartman. That Bill wanted to replace me with, I'm going to kill them all. He uh, an Eric Mr. Cartman Irrelevant, I'm Mr. Irrelevant. Number 199, I don't want to hear about a seventh round pick. It's me. I was almost a seventh round pick. The sixth round pick. And like that's that's he's tapping into this stuff. That Giselle voodoo magic. He dipped in with that new girlfriend he's got or whatever. I mean, probably, if he really wants to be probably like... sacrifice her, use a little bit of her blood. If he really Haven't seen wants, her in a couple weeks. If he really wants to be that guy about it, like, oh, he was Mr. Irrelevant, but I turned into this guy and Spurgeon the Surgeon win and Giovanni Carmazzi got drafted before. Like, yeah, fine, but... <laughs> 
we've all heard the story. We've all seen Tom versus Time and the Brady Six. Like we, we know what you had to overcome. And we know you still have the chip on your shoulder. I can't believe they all passed over you so many times. But now other people have chips on their shoulders, and he can't have that. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> he has a chip on his shoulder about that. I bet. He's like the minute the minute Brock Purdy got hurt. I just thought of that song. You got this video taken down. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, you got the you got it taken down. No, you're allowed how many seconds? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't you're know. allowed six seconds. Robert. <laughs> we'll tell him after. But yeah, I don't know. I think Tom's coming home. Either that or they'll like remix the hype video of Tom's first game back in Foxborough when it was that Adele song. Hello? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I really, I truly think if Brock Purdy hadn't got hurt, they would have just rolled in the next year with Brock. But yeah, no, I think this, I think everything's back. Oh, no, I mean, apparently that's what all they were saying. Yeah, I think everything's back on the table now for San Fran. You know, Shanahan is just done with us. So Trey Lance is back in the mix, and Tom just sitting there like, "Hey, Kyle, I might be forty six, but I never get hurt." If Philly wins, <laughs> Minshew gets a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> oh, we do. Good for Gardner. Yeah. Good for Gardner. All right. Yeah, Brady's sitting there by his Moving phone. Moving on. Eyes bleeding. Yes. Uh, waiting. Demon voice. Waiting oh, for a phone call. Oh, from, from Hello, the, Kyle. Yes, this is Tom. <laughs> from the NFL. Yoda? From the NFL. This must be evil, but whatever. From the NFL. Back to some baseball. We've been trying to talk about this for weeks, but there's been too much to cover. <laughs> so, yeah. Jesse... Someone who's definitely a big cap hit, or tries to be a big cap hit at least. Not as much as he <laughs> was. Yeah, not as much as he would have been for San Fran yeah. or the Mets. <laughs> but Carlos Correa has a home for now. I mean, I guess he did pass the physical. It's official, which has you wondering, like, what happened? Like, who's that doctor? I bet he's a rich man. He is now, at least. And, you know, I guess, or maybe it's just that that, that extra, like, $100 million, mm-hmm. like, that's what made his knee hurt. Mm. Like, that was the difference. Yeah. That extra $100 million made his knee painful. You buy but, a lot of ice packs with that money. Jesse. I bet you can. <laughs> a lot of... Uh, Industrial strength heating pads. Sure. But, I mean, I think this is great for the twins. Oh, I do too. Like, you are, you're going to remain a little relevant. You're in a you're in a division that's up for grabs. The White Sox taking steps back, and you're not paying four hundred million dollars to do it. Mm-hmm. So you know we'll see about that knee. But I mean, Carlos Correa was good for you last year. I you know you're overpaying him, but you always knew you would if you're gonna get Carlos Correa at this point. He's his name carries a, a fee. Yes, but whatever. He's a good player still. Uh, you know, if he is healthy, he is a great shortstop. So. You know, the, the yeah, the Twins, this is opportunity for the Twins. Mm-hmm. With, you know, the bad division, you're not going to win the championship. No, you're going to lose to the Yankees at some point. Mm. Um, but, hey, you're going to remain relevant with this. You have a chance with the division uh, with this. I mean, not just this move, but, like, you're clearly going for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like, I like this for the Twins. I like this for Carlos because it takes a little more pressure off than, say, a $350, $400 million deal. Mm-hmm. You know, take some pressure off that knee. <laughs> um, so, I, I really feel like this could work out all the way around, depending on the knee. Mm-hmm. But he's healthy. He's healthy. It's a wild. How much money did he get in contracts? Oh, well, the the final one was six years, two hundred million dollars, two hundred, possibly two hundred seventy with incentives. But, but if you put all the contracts together this year, he got offered one hundred 
million dollars? I think yeah, I think it's somewhere upwards of seven hundred million dollars. Carlos Correa was offered in contracts this season, <laughs> and signed three different times. I'm looking that up. It's like Belichick during a rebuild. <laughs> it, well, it really it baffles me from the Mets' perspective, because like, oh, he failed the physical in San Fran. Why would you then throw basically a another monstrosity at him? I don't know because they were desperate for offense. I mean, we've laughed at them all all off season. Be like, oh, look at them spending money so, on pitching again. Their offense is still so, ass. So that's where you put the money. That's where you put the money. I don't. They were just hoping. They were hoping that the know, knee wasn't as bad. You know, Xander Bogarts was available. Parent, we said they shouldn't get a shortstop because they have Lindor, but like they're like, no, we need a shortstop. Xander Bogarts is on the market. Yeah, I don't know. We look great in that uniform. I didn't want to see Xander in a Mets uniform. That's not the point. He would look fantastic in it. Are you looking that up? Uh, I'm trying to look up. Uh, well, the Mets won twelve years, three hundred and fifteen. Okay. So we're up to five fifteen. Yeah, and then plus another seventy in incentives, maybe. So we're at about five eighty-five. And then the Giants won thirteen years, three fifty. Three fifty. So we're at. Well, oh my gosh, we're at no, oh we're in eight hundred, nine hundred range. Well, it's six, about six fifty from just the other from the voided ones. Yeah. And then eight, yeah, almost nine hundred million dollars. Yeah. It's insane. insane. Oh, that's so funny. I'm, have you seen a story like this before? Because I haven't. And people are I starving. Like, <laughs> I, I can remember guys passing physicals and then they need to move on. Like Drew Brees, famous example. But I've never seen them then get a second monster deal with another team, then fail that physical, and then have to get a third. Con- like I'm that. I've never seen no. that. I've never seen that. No. No. All okay. right. Back to the NFL. Because I don't know there's much more to add to that than that. We finally talked about it. I know. We finally did. (laughs) Kellen Moore is out as the offensive coordinator in Dallas. You know, he was a genius just a week before. (laughs) Now he's an idiot. We're going to fire him. I mean, I call this scapegoat week, scapegoat month in the NFL. To me, this is the most baffling. I thought Kellen Moore has done a good job. How many many guys are we going to blame for Dak's problems? You get Jason Garrett fired. Now we're going to blame Kellen Moore. Maybe it's not Dak. Maybe it's not that. Maybe Mike. Maybe Mike doesn't like that Kellen Moore as a. You know, they've talked about him as a head coach. Now I know McCarthy and Jones have said McCarthy's job is safe. I don't know. Maybe Mike just wanted Kellen Moore out of the building. I don't know which maybe. one. I don't know which one it is. But he had another job in like five seconds. Now he's the OC of the Chargers. I think a great hire for the Chargers. I still hate Staley, but if Staley, <laughs> if Staley can just, just hand the whole offense over to Kellen and have nothing to do with it, they might be okay. But I thought Kellen has done a great job. I thought Kellen's done a good job with good roster, but a limited quarterback, more limited than people want to realize, and a good job this year with a team that lost most of its offensive weapons. I mean, they were thin on the offensive side. It was Lamb, Pollard, and Zeke, who's not that great anymore. But I don't know which it is. Do you think it's more scapegoat for Dak? Or do you think it's Mike competition wanted Kellen out of the building? Because to me, it has to be one of those two. I think it's both. Because I don't think it's Kellen's fault. Well, Mike's the play caller now. Let's, see, kinda, how, let's see how that goes. And it makes you, well, it can maybe like maybe he's gunning for that position. Maybe he did want him out. Mm-hmm. That makes me think that. Um, but 
like a lot of people after that game said like i asked jerry like is mike safe is mike is he the is he on the chopping block and he came out and said no but like usually when those questions arise any corporation be like well a change needs to be made someone needs to be mm-hmm. someone needs to be taken out back that's the other thing why is it always got to be somebody's fault you lost to the second seed on the road in the playoffs like you're supposed to lose that game because all the star players are coddled and privileged and it can never be their fault. Like, I, I'm i just... It shouldn't be anybody's well, fault. You're not as good as the Niners. Usually the industry demands it. Like, the media just will never shut up until something happens. I guess. That type of stuff. You gotta tell people to shut up. You gotta... Sure. You can't just... Well, sure, but sometimes... You can't it, just fold all the time because... But sometimes don't. it could be in the building. In that case, you kind of do need to do something. Mm. I'm not saying you need to fire someone to make someone a scapegoat, but something needs to happen. Do you really think anyone in that building really thought that was an unsuccessful season, though? Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I bet Mike. I don't know. I think... I. I think if you had told them, Micah Parsons, especially with all the people who left in the off season, you'll. And if you told them you didn't win the division, they might be a little bummed about that. But you will win a playoff game. You'll go face the juggernaut 49ers. You'll be Tom Brady in the playoffs. You'll be Tom Brady in the playoffs, and you'll lose on the road in a close game. Like they beat. I bet Cowboys fans were disappointed. That probably. Team, let's not forget. No, no, they're not a good football. They're absolutely. That was the biggest bet I made for the playoffs. Was like Dallas will cover in this game. They'll beat them. So, but still. But uh, it's not like Dallas is out here winning playoff games every year. So you won a playoff game. They don't win those often anymore. That's my point. So, well, even still, after all that, like Jerry, I bet Mike and the fans are all just like, well, this is still the best team every year. Like we're gonna we're coming into week one. Like yo, the me the media still was all like, I mean, Cowboys are looking great. Like, best team I've ever seen in my life. Type of, Like, every year. Every year. They haven't made a conference title game since before Jalen Hurts was born. And how, I saw that. And how could those Neanderthals in Dallas not eat that up? I guess. We're the best team. We yeah. them boys. We yeah. them boys. Yeah. Okay, stop. That, that star on the side of the helmet and on the front of your ugly flat brim snapback is not a logo. There's one star there because it's a rating. Yeah. Try acting like men. I and, and I've been a McCarthy defender, but I think they're gonna regret this. Oh, why? Because I do think he's I still think he does a decent job. God, he looks like Jabalahot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see Aaron well, having a whole lot more success look, without Mike than he did when Mike was there. Oh, come on. That might have he been. He won a... two MVPs. Okay, but he still loses in the playoffs. Okay. He did that with Mike. I know he did, well, he, did, he did more of that with McCarthy than he did winning I would, in the playoffs. I would say he's had more disappointing playoff losses with Lafleur than he did with McCarthy. Wouldn't that mean they're better because there's more expectations going in the playoffs? There's more to play for. But there, the there's more underachieving in the playoffs. Yeah. And but again, it's hard to say. It's hard to say you got outplayed by Jared Goff at home in the fourth quarter. Listen, we don't like Aaron, but it's hard for me to point him and say you're underachieving when you've won two MVPs. I guess, kind of hollow stuff to me, but <laughs> whatever. I, it depends. Like it, it, it matters. I, a, I don't think Aaron's. Can't. I don't think Aaron's won. I think at this point, listen. I thought Brady should have got that second one. I thought Aaron has broke even at best in this divorce. That's a win for Aaron. I guess. <laughs> I think that's a win for Aaron. Brian, final thoughts, Kellen Moore. Fired. Uh, this is the ultimate, like... Genius a week ago. Thank God 
I don't have to shell out money for another head coach move by Dean Spanos. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's but on- to your point, I love it. Just Staley's supposed to be a defensive-minded guy, and granted, the defense got worse. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea. Just leave the offense to more, mm-hmm. and maybe, just maybe, mm-hmm. you can. The Chargers will get this right. You can look like a team that actually goes into big games with a game plan. Yeah. Well, I have one more thing. Okay. Not even about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But, like, could we as the Patriots have maybe waited a little bit longer and interviewed a couple more people for that OC job? I know. You would have liked Kellen like, Moore. You don't even have to hire Kellen Moore. But if you interview people like Kellen Moore and Byron Leftwich and not, I don't know, people that used to work for Bill, play for Bill, I'd feel a little bit better about who we're talking to here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's not more just nor nepotism. Yeah. I hear Ryan Wendell's interviewing for a coaching position. I did not hear that. Yep. I don't think I heard that, no. Hmm. All right. Another, I thought I heard something about him. I don't another, remember what it was. Another Bill Bobo. Anyway. back to roost. <laughs> Byron Leftwich doesn't have a job yet, does he? No. I didn't think so. All right. So, with that, we're going to take our final quick break. We'll come back. Talk about the news, the Jets hiring Hackett. Preview the Super Bowl real quick. And our Tommy and Darwin, as always, stick with us, guys. Back here at Slow Your Roll, getting ready to finish things up here. Talked about some coaching hirings that's happened over the weekend. Here's the big one. The biggest, I thought, other than Vic Fangio getting paid what he did. Nathaniel Hackett, fresh off ruining Russell Wilson's career, is now the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. You got to think this is about going for Aaron Rodgers. That worked out just great for Denver this offseason. But anyway, with that in mind... We're going to bring in our producer here, Robert Dokes, who's a Jets fan. I'm very sorry about that. To give us his perspective on this move. <laughs> so I'm going to be very brief and very simple. Uh, so Nathaniel Hackett's dad, Paul Hackett, used to be the Jets coordinator many moons ago, and I didn't like Paul Hackett. <laughs> so what makes you think I'm going to like Nathaniel Hackett? Uh, outside of the, the outside snowball's chance in hell that he could pull you Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers demands a trade. Overall, if you want to just say, let's take Aaron Rodgers out of this, he did a horrible coaching job in Denver, and that's (laughs) why he is no longer the head coach in Denver. So obviously the Jets got to pick him up. Uh, (laughs) And so when you look at the situation here is this. So his overall record was good. was good. He was a good offensive coordinator in... Green Bay, he was a good off offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Teams went well, but it's also some of the talent that they had to go along with that. The Jets have talent, uh, not at the QB position right now, obviously. But what's going to happen in the long run is you're going to get our hopes up. 
and it's going to blow up in our face. Uh, I've told these guys many times, being a Jets fan is like being in an abusive relationship every day. Every year, they come around and say, the Jets, will you sweep nothings in your ear, talk a good game, maybe have a good draft day. They gave us hope this season in terms of the playoffs, uh, and that quickly went away. <laughs> and there's that one Sunday or Monday or Thursday where you get slapped in the face <laughs> with the reality of what they are. Um, and it's hard. So, you know, it's did, was it the previous off run? No, I mean, I don't blame him for anything. I think they did a good job with what they had. Um, I don't think he deserved to get fired, but you, even after the fact that just look at what happened to Denver this year, why is this guy going to be your offensive coordinator when he couldn't <laughs> do well with Russell Wilson? <laughs> you know, and you're, if you're really, let's say, let's say the, the snowball happens and gets in hell and it's sitting there and you decide to make a snowman out of it and get Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's gonna, it's just going to be like, what are you going to do with this guy? You know, Aaron Rodgers is probably gonna is at the as really has been at the tail end of his career for many years. Has just been kind of hanging on in Green Bay, uh, and Green Bay gives him money because he's the only thing they've got <laughs> got going for him. Anybody can feel free to chime. Well, <laughs> if you get Aaron Rodgers, you could uh, set the record for world's most toxic QB room with Zach Wilson and uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, first of all, I'm not even gonna say that. It, like Aaron Rodgers is not going to survive the New York media. That's just there's there's no way that happens. You like the idea is the. What most, do you think he'll just give up? Be like I'm not playing. He's not playing. Playing. He's like he is like he has a problem with Green Bay media asking him questions. Yeah. So how do you expect him to come to a place like that and get by him? It's like you know. It's like you you have you have like it's one of the meccas of sports in the world where all are I all eyes on you. There's like, you know, it's just like you have like 74 news outlets in one area and you have one bad game and they're in your face. They're not going to be in Robert Sala's face. You know, like we saw what happened when Zach Wilson got asked the question, do you think you failed the team? No. (laughs) Eat him alive. The best thing I think for the Jets about this move, like, is if, like the, well, I should say for Hackett, is that now you have him just focusing on his side of the ball. Yeah, this is what he's good at. And now you don't have to worry about him maybe getting that sort of paralysis through analysis thing that it looked like a time more than a time or two he had in Denver. Or, or it, it just to go with the idea of uh, Robert Wood Johnson being the owner of the Jets, now you have your potential uh, head coach replacement when you fire Robert Sala. <laughs> if they don't do good next year. Ooh. So. <laughs> oh, that's a horrible thought. <laughs> yeah, so. Lipstick on a pig. Let's, <laughs> no, it's still a pig. Let's not lie. I mean, it's, 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 it's the, obviously you hear in the angst of my jo- in my voice, it's, it's very hard being a Jets fan. Like, they gave you, they, they did so well at the beginning of the season, and it just all came crashing down. Um, you know, and on, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, they had Gardner and White just doing a you know two-headed monster on the running back, and then uh, I'm sorry, not Gardner. Yeah, was it Gardner? No, Carter. Carter. Um, I'm thinking Sauce Gardner. Uh, just doing a doing a really good job on the running backs, doing a really good good job on the side of the ball, and uh, they died. You know, Ricky is just is he season ended, and so now you have an issue. You have quarterbacks. You can go with Mike White. You can look at Zach Wilson. You know, obviously Flacco's done. They went to the four-string quarterback. None of that's going to matter uh, at this point in time if you cannot 
if you can't, um, you know, execute on, on it doesn't matter who you get in there. Uh, at this point in time, you know, you, you had a good game. You had a good team that with the offense that you had. You were doing things. Your defense was doing the job. The offense wasn't the problem. It was the quarterback and his attitude. That was the problem. Um, and so, did a, you know, if you're going, if you're angling for Aaron Rodgers, go ahead. It's a snowball's chance. Uh, but you're still angling for another guy with a bad attitude. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you mean like so? You think about the last. Who has time. to deal with young wide receivers, by the way? Yeah, the Jets team is young. You got yeah. to deal with other young wide. He didn't like dealing with that in Green Bay this year. Like, so you know, it's it's a Tom Brady it's a Tom Brady situation where you know for him. Robert, you know they'll they'll roll out the green they'll roll out the green carpet they'll roll out the you know the uh, Jets you know make it look like a good situation but it's just going to end up being kind of like a Brett Favre when Brett Favre was the Jets you know, <laughs> situation here and uh, oh yeah he has to go there then <laughs> yeah yeah because he's following they pick, the Brett they, Favre yeah uh, they picked up arc. legendary washed up Green Bay they, Packers they, you know, quarterbacks pick up legendary washed up Green Bay Packers guys. But even outside of the fact that it, I think what bothers me the most about this entire situation is you had a team that was growing and you had a team that was finding its own identity and now you're going to imprint somebody else's identity on it because it's like, okay, we're going to do this and you know you don't have the tools. Outside of the fact that you, you know, um, outside of the fact that if you go with Hackett and long run, you're looking at it and if the offense doesn't happen the way it happens or nothing changes, is the problem... You know, is it the is the problem the coaching or the personnel? Clearly, it was the issue with the personnel, at least one particular personnel uh, on on that side of the ball. And we've all and I've talked about that ad nauseum up at length of who went happened. <laughs> oh, Mike Kappa. Okay, there's just news about someone uh, interviewing for a job in Arizona. All right, but, but Robert, I got one question for you. So, Joe Douglas has shown himself to be a competent GM. He's made really good moves in the draft stuff too. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a Joe Douglas hire, or do you think the owner got involved? This is owner. Okay. No. Uh, so. Well, it sounds like nepotism from what you said. It was no. Well, Buddy Hackett was. Buddy Hackett would think was Leon Hess or. Man, that was so long, long ago. Either way, there's still there's it's, still a connection with the <laughs> with the organization. Yeah. There's still a connection. I mean, but uh, there's a. Uh, I mean, largely, largely, if you look at the NFL, it's all about nepotism. You're, you're, you know, you're. It's not just the NFL. Mostly, I mean, but like, uh, sure, we we pointed out, and it's the most egregious. It's the most egregious where you see nepotism. Joe Douglas has made very good decisions as far as that. I mean, in terms of this, the way that he has helped build the team. Um, but one of the things that we talk about in terms of in in terms of at least with the ownership, the Jets ownership does not seem to want to win, um, and that and you know where Leon has so many people know Leon has was a former owner of the Jets. It's been owned by Robert Wood Johnson, uh, you know, one of the one of the, you know, one of the guys of the Johnson and Johnson family family name uh, in terms of that. And so it hasn't he doesn't necessarily make he makes business decisions for football but not necessarily football decisions for, you know, football. Yeah. For, for football. And the so you know the fact that we have the team that we have you know it, you know when Robert Sala was out there there were much better choices for coaches out there that the Jets could have gotten, um, and the idea is they you know if you look at the way that it, look at the way that they did you know again my last favorite Jets coach ever was Rex Ryan because he gave the team an identity he became kind of the voice of the team got them to two AFC championships although they didn't win. Um, 
but you started to see where the owner was starting to interfere with stuff. It's like, well, we got to do this. And it just ended up not working out. Um, and you don't, so all the coaching decisions that you have, um, or at least business decisions with teams of just like guys that you can kind of manipulate are disposable. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, okay, Gase, gone. Salah here, okay. Um, bah, Bulls before him. It's just guys that are not, you know, they're, they're NFL coaches, but are they necessarily the right guys for the position? You know, the Jets have not had any good coaching for a while. Salah seems to be changing that. And again, that's just due to Joe Douglas's just like, okay, we're going to draft people. We're going to draft people for defense. We're going to draft an offense. I think what we're going to see in the offseason is hopefully some offensive line. Uh, well, offensive line helpers are trying to do that. You know, maybe, I don't think there's, there's no good college quarterbacks coming out. In the draft, not not. I mean, the Jets won too many games to have uh, yeah. enough of a pick there. But they, but even outside of that, you're you're not you're not building for the future. You know what you're going to be building is for, um, you know maybe maybe make some pieces, get some defensive pieces there to kind of cover places where you, you need some help. But on the other side of the ball, it's just it's all focused on offense, getting your offensive line and making it position. You, you know what I can see happening to the Jets. Is they try so hard to get Aaron, every other offseason thing is is off the table, and they have to settle for like Daniel Jones because the Giants lowballed him. <laughs> well, Daniel Jones, but like you know, Carr is another person. Carr's not going to the Jets. The, but like you know, we talk about it, we like, but the, the names we we bandied around names. We talked about Jimmy G. We talked about Carr. Um, <laughs> for for me as a Jets fan at this point in time, as much as Zach Wilson is annoying, the reality is is. You've invested all this money into him, and you're paying him that money. And so, you know, whether it be a moment of like kind of code redding him with the team to say, okay, everybody, we're putting Zach Wilson under on a on a cotton, just beating with soap to death. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, and so it's like until he understands, like, dude, you need to be a part of this team to because he, there, there's no way he has made recompense for. <laughs> what he's done uh, and how how he disabled that team yeah, and that has <laughs> to happen and you know but the the reality is is you know uh, players are investment and and mm. so they spent a lot of money on him and he has to get his act together and if they can't get Aaron who are you gonna get well at that well Aaron's gonna be super expensive yeah and based on what you're saying here is the owner here is not an owner of winning a success but Profit is success. Profit so is, why why would yeah. they bother? Yeah, and that's the and that's the, so the idea is it would would, it would be good for business. It would be good for business. It would be good for business. It is a bad. But if he can't survive the media, yeah, it's only it's only good for business until the games start, and then <laughs> yeah. then you yeah. lose that. Yeah, and so it, it's only good. It'll only do you any good until the point when they it's, you know like the first loss. Or Aaron says something stupid on, you know, says something on New York television where it's, you know, oh, it's on the 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock news. I can't eat anywhere. I'm not vaccinated. And you're not vaccinated or, you know, it's like I, he's going to get eaten alive. And that's just one of those things for me. It's like if you, you know, it, it, it's much like, you know, it's, it's New York is a place because of the level of media coverage. And again, if you don't have a thick skin and especially what we've seen Aaron Rodgers do in the past. He's gonna be like, I'm, 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 you know, immunized or whatever. And the moment somebody catches it, no. But even outside that, the fans are rabid. You know, like you know, the fans are rabid. It's too. So it's not as bad as Philadelphia, but it comes darn close. 
See, now I'm at a crossroads. Like, I want to see him go there so he can get eaten alive, but I don't want to <laughs> see that at your expense. But no, I mean, the reality is, is Listen, mo- most, you're it, still a Jets fan, Robert. Still, I'm still a Jets fan. Would I want to see them win? Yes. But the idea is, you know, the big thing for me is is that who are you copying? And if you're trying to, you know, the the Jets have not had an identity for a while, and at least we started to see that with Robert Sala. They developed a good defense, and uh, but now it's always the offense is going to be king. And so, if you're going to develop, if you're going to develop this identity, um, and you got to figure out who's part of your identity, and the idea is like if you're going to go say, okay, now well, we want Aaron Rodgers. Now you've destroyed all that team chem- chemistry because you're now bringing all the baggage that Aaron Rodgers has brought and the things that he has done and everything he's done in his career to this team, which already had a fragile mentality when mm-hmm. your your second year quarterback was like, you know, it's like, did you think no? You know, are you that? Why are you going to bring that in the organization? How are you going to couch that to the players? How are you going to do? How are you going to do this with veterans? It doesn't make sense. Um, Will they do it at my sense? Ah, they don't care. Robert Wood Johnson doesn't care about <laughs> doesn't care about the average Jets fan. You know, he cares about the idea of the money that they're going to make, and you know, and if he wins, he wins. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, and I think that's you know that's and that's just the way it is with most owners. They're like owners like Jerry Jones. I give him a credit and Robert Kraft credit. They want to win. They want to put a good team on the field every year and want to buy for a Super Bowl. There are other teams like the Arizona Cardinals, New York Jets. <clears throat> you know. I'm trying to think of a couple other guys that just those are the two. That the Lions. Well, no, I mean like the Lions. They just they're just happy, just like okay, we're just going to get these ticket sales. I mean the Bengals for years until now. The Bengals for years, but the idea is like you know, it's like why do you have owners that bar scump their way into it? like oh we got a team? The Jaguars. It's like think about you know think about it this way. Cleveland could put you know Cleveland up until this year could have had a good team football wise. Uh, it, it serves that, but now you know it's that that all went away, and you you can't look at this and say, okay, this is good. It's not good for football. Um, what what happened? But at the same, but you have owners just like I'm just gonna here to collect my check, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, thanks fans, thank uh, you for the money. Yeah, no, I got you. All right, so final thoughts, guys, on Hackett. Going oh, I still jet. think it's a dumb move because even if. Like he wants to be hailed as a good coach from Green Bay. Like he wasn't the play caller. No, I know that's still, still a big risk. Yeah, Lafleur was the play caller in Green Bay. R- regardless of the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, we're trying to get Aaron. Even if that none of that's no. true, they just want Hackett. He still wasn't the play caller. I no. still see that as a huge risk. He was yeah. a play caller in he was a play caller in Buffalo, and yeah. he you know and again uh, for the two I'm forgetting the name of the two. Quarters. He was also a play caller in Jacksonville. Yeah, that was the best like, offense in the world. Though. I never remember <laughs> those offenses being good. Yeah, it was no. like the Blake Bortles teams. So well, who, who was the quarterback for Buffalo? Was it like Tyrod Taylor time? No. Um, EJ Manuel? EJ Manuel and the other guy. Wow. Boyd. <laughs> Boyd, yeah. Todd Boyd. Todd Boyd, yeah. So EJ Manuel and Todd Boyd. So like he was a player. And they, and they did well. But again, it's not it's not earth shattering. You have good wide receivers. You have Elijah Moore. You have great you know playmaking running backs. You really don't need a, you don't need a field general. You need a guy who's just going to get you downfield, get the plays, and get you that um you know is it great if he has a cannon arm awesome but i don't want you don't want to have a guy who's just going to sit there and, and really kind of suck the life out of the room because and aaron Rodgers, you've already seen that with zach wilson and you're already going to see that with aaron Rodgers. Hmm. if you bring him in the worst part is that zach 
Wilson is on record as saying that Aaron Rodgers is like his guy. Of yeah. course he <laughs> is. <laughs> That's so fitting. Yeah. Of course he is. But like when you look at it in the end, you know, what what is he going to have to do? What is Douglas going to have to do to make an Aaron Rodgers show? How much of your how much of your franchise are you willing to sacrifice to get to that point? You're you know, you've got a, you've got a young coach, you've got a young team. Salah is doing, you know, had a wonderful second year as a coach, uh, despite the outcome. You have stuff that you want to build off of. Don't destroy it trying to go for the kill or just look you look good in the media for a little while, knowing the toxicity that's going to come out of that. No, I get you. <laughs> so. All right. Thank you, Robert, for coming on and giving us that perspective mm. on the Jets. I also now don't know if bringing in the guy that perpetuated Aaron Rodgers' behavior. I understand he wasn't the head coach of Aaron Rodgers, but he was... OC and he went to get drinks together. Yes, they they were dart buddies. So I don't think that's a good guy to bring in for your misbehaving. Probably not. Probably not. All right. So with that, we're gonna move on. Super Bowl. Brian, wait. Can you use yours? It's a videotape. I want to get all three of us. Sure. Just to give a quick, way too early prediction of the Super Bowl because like there are so many injuries coming into this game for Casey next week. Yeah. Oh boy. Brian, I'll let you start. So I haven't filmed one of these in a while. Try and do it in like a minute so I can put all three up at the same time, you know? Gonna go. So who are you so Super Bowl, KC Philly. Right now I believe the line is minus two for Philly now. Last night when you texted me it was KC giving one and a half, I think. Yeah, said. giving a one yeah. It's been all over the place. So based on the way that, that game the end of that game sort of happened. I was actually a little bit surprised to hear that, like, even though they won, just the way that they won and, like, the officiating and the referees and just the, the whole fourth quarter, really. Um, this is my take. If, if, if Philly loses, somehow they are the 2016 Falcons. <laughs> I don't care. Mm. That's, that's what they'll be. Um, if, if Casey wins this game, uh, I think Reed starts to his legacy takes off. Oh yeah, bit. he's ten wins behind Bill. No, it's not that close. Playoff wins, like just playoff wins. Yep. Okay. All right, after, that one makes uh, that, uh, that one makes much more sense. After that game last night, I didn't realize that. That was impressive. That is wild. Yeah, almost almost doubles oh. up to his uh. The th- his master, mm-hmm. Master so, Holmgren. Who do you give? Casey in a rock fight. Okay. Casey in a rock fight. I like their the the advantage of experience, mm-hmm. and I think. I mean, how many times have we seen Andy Reid put like absurd game plans together? Yeah. Like with just just stuff that you, yo Casey, that play Casey, with the Casey, lateral. Casey insane. comes out and they just I know do things that are like. Mm-hmm. What the hell? How, like, how late does this man stay up thinking of some of this crap? No, I know. He's good. You give him an extra week for the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. yeah. Dude, that, like the ring around the rosy. Let's yeah. see if Sirianni really knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Hi. Right. Jesse, you want to go? I mean, no, let me, let me set it up so you can go All now. All right. So, when I talk to people on the street... Everyone I know. The street. The street. I didn't know how to say it. That's why I said it like that. Like, the not the streets. Street. Not the street. The street. The street. Everyday life, I might give a different answer in a week because I don't know Kansas City's injuries. This is our way too early Super Bowl prediction. 
I'm going to go with KC. I'm going to go with KC in a close one. I'm going to say like 27-24 Kansas City. I don't like that Philly had everything go right for them in that first quarter, and yet it took Josh Johnson finally fumbling on the two-minute drive at the end to put San Francisco away. They almost went into halftime tied at seven, despite everything that had gone wrong for San Francisco. Like, almost anything that could have gone wrong for the Niners did. They had a great opening drive, completely on the script, and then the Niners got stop after stop after stop in the first half when they needed to. And I know they blew them out in the second half, but you know that the air had been let out of that building after Johnson messed up on the uh, two-minute drive, and then all of a sudden they were down 14 with a fourth-string quarterback. And then Johnson got hurt also in the second half, and you knew the game was really over, even though it was over even before that. So I didn't like that Philly... Very unimpressive to me that they they completely kept the Niners in the game in the first half. They should have they should have rolled them earlier than they ever did. I'll go with the experience, the explosiveness of Patrick Mahomes and KC. I don't think the Philly defense has ever played an offense like this. Now there are things to be said that KC's defense isn't amazing, but I still think Mahomes, Andy Reid, and KC pulls it out 27-24. Me. All right. Well. Now, if you look at the everything going on here, both teams are stacked, uh, neutral site, great coaching, great personnel. I think I have to pick the AFC next week mm. to win. Get it, Pro Bowl? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I get it. I sorry. get it. <laughs> anyway, seriously. So I... <laughs> Now, I, I've crapped on them all year. They're not it. They're not it. Yet I can't deny how lucky they keep getting. And they're set up to be lucky again. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes on 100%. We'll see about the rest of the personnel, uh, their cornerbacks, uh, line drive. Everyone, it seems there was an injury everywhere for the Chiefs yesterday. Mm-hmm. Except Kelsey in his back. Um, but, I, you know, obviously there's something to be said about, like, Chiefs have been there. Andy Reid, blah blah blah. I, I listen. Eagles have been so lucky all year. I, I kind of just have to keep picking them, right? Okay. Well, that's the thing. I've never picked them, but now I'm gonna pick them. <laughs> Maybe it'll go wrong. You gotta, but, but you gotta get a score. You think? Uh, here's the thing. This this Chiefs have recently been reminding me of the Patriots in their dynasty and how like oh man no matter how good they are a little bit of that Steelers except they wouldn't dip out quite low enough they just can't blow out the teams they're supposed to blow out I mean sometimes they would Colts in the playoffs running all over them but like when the biggest game the Super Bowl like it was always close I feel like we're gonna get the same thing with the Chiefs but like they unlike the Patriots don't actually really seem to come out on top so I'm gonna go. 30, yeah, uh, 3027. 3027 Philly. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, I'm actually, I don't even like picking the, the scores that high. I, I know, you don't usually. Yeah, like, because, like, how what was the final score of the Philly game? Like, at 31 points in the end? Yeah, 31 7. How many of that was just garbage? Oh. Points handed to them, garbage time points, game's over, who cares? Yeah. Casey's defense is not that good, though. No, but so I see it being a little higher than that. But like, for me, I wanted to pick Philly, but I can't get over the fact that you needed the fourth down Devonte Smith catch for your yeah. first touchdown. 
everything under the sun went wrong for San Francisco in the first half. And yet we were sitting there with four minutes to go in the first half, and it was still 7-7. to Yeah. Like, that's not a great look for Philly. 31-27, KC. 31-27? Huh? So I have the lowest uh, scoring one of everyone. He, uh, he like, uh, what's the prices right at me? Yeah, he did. He just won more point. <laughs> he did prices right you. Um, do we even need to do the Tommy report? Because we kind of already talked about Tommy. That was gonna be the Tommy. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to San Fran now. Yeah, I think like he hasn't. He didn't do anything this yeah, week. Yeah, no, I think that is the Tommy report. So we're getting ready just to sit and being sad. We're gonna finish. We're gonna finish this up, Jesse. We're announcing the Darwin. Me again? Yes, Brian. Let's go. Drum roll, please. I'm gonna assume you want this. This. Yep. Sorry. Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is the shaky ass Cam. The MLB, I don't even want to awards ceremony, awards, the MLB league. in general. I mean, MLB in general. They deserve it for just being, for existing and how they exist. But, like, specifically, so the awards were picked, all the MLB awards, were, but, like, they gave them the awards, the physical trophies away last night, taking all the pictures, everyone in their nice suits and whatnot. Looked great. Everyone looked fantastic. Two people, I mean, nothing wrong with the people. They look great themselves, Sandy Alcantara and um, Justin Verlander. Their trophies were a bit something wrong. Their Cy Young Awards, mm-hmm. where it said valuable. Mm-hmm. It, it said val- valuable. V-A-L-U-B-L-E. No regrets. Yeah. They, <laughs> no they, they forgot the second A in valuable. So it's just valuable. Most valuable pitchers in the league. Uh, Justin Verlander and Sandy Alcantara. Volleyball. So like, I don't know how like you're, you're looking at the trophy like who that looks great. Yeah. Does everyone have dyslexia? Like how did that get past you? How did that get past how how many people does it, do you think that has to get past? Where someone, was quality control? <laughs> someone has to order the trophies. Someone has to take the order and be like they spelled that wrong. Someone has to make the trophy. Someone has to then from the MLB be like yep they nailed it and then hand it out. And like no one at any point were like oops. Here's the thing. I'm sure Justin Verlander and Sandy Alcantara would have showed up and be like, listen, we messed up your trophies. We can't physically hand them to you today. Here's a printout. Just take a picture with it. They would have been like, okay. <laughs> At no point, like, it, this really feels like a situation of like, oh, crap, we messed up. We got to do it. Hopefully they won't notice. It's big letters. It's in the middle. Valuable. Valuable. <laughs> like, you no. Know, like, come on. Dyslexia all around. Which one, which one of you said this earlier, though? Now it's going to be like the most valuable... Well, I thought it was the MVP because it said valuable, but like it's Cy Young, but it just says valuable on it. Yeah. And then, well, Robert said those are going to be worth millions of dollars. And I understand that. Screw-ups are very expensive. Yeah, no, those are very unique items. I mean, that's the answer. No one's going to cash that in. It got screwed up once it was already, once it was already, no, once it was already made and he was like, well, we don't want to spend the money to do it over, so. <laughs> They're going to order new trophies anyway. I mean, uh, you can just change the plates, but, like, I think Robert's right. I think those are going in the Hall of Fame. Look at this. We messed up. Haha, we look stupid. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I bet Rob Manfred did it himself. It's his fault. I hate Manfred. It's Manfred's fault. I, there's no, there's no commissioner of any sport that I hate. I guarantee he smelted all that down. Even half as much as I hate Rob Manfred. No. So much. Nah, Roger Goodell is personally slighted. No, I hate Patriots Manfred. Nation. So much worse. All right. So that has been it for Slow Your Roll this week. We'll do predictions again before the Super Bowl 
I'm sure next week. Change. They probably will, depending on what the injury stuff is. But uh, with that, though, that has been in it for Slow Your Roll. Have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. No one watches the Pro Bowl. It's going to be new this year. Peyton Manning. Wait, is it flag football? Well, yes, but the Peyton Manning is like they're going to have like a whole bunch of stuff going on. Brian, do you watch the Pro Bowl? No. I used to. Okay. Do you watch the skill? I might, I might like tune into the skills competition. The skills. Well, that's yeah, the thing. That's the thing. That. Like Peyton Manning and his company, like are changing it up. They're making okay. it interesting. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give it a try and see how it's changed. I'm gonna let everyone else give it a try and hear it and hear uh, how it goes. I don't know, Jim. It could be wild. <laughs> I don't know. Flag football. Is it on CBS? I don't know, Jim. Did he get? Did he grab? Did he pull the flag? Did it fall off on its own? <laughs> Uh, I've never understood so in, in flag football am I only allowed to grab the flag or can I just grab your entire belt no you gotta go off the flag because what if I just pull off your belt would that well, war, would that warrant a flag ah well then then that's a that's that's a penalty that's a, it's a lot that the players gotta be whistled dead penalty for you, sexual you, harassment you, you do it over you know what I would probably do you I, get another you, third so you know down. what you do is you grab the belt to stop them from running and then you grab the flag Okay. Can I do that? I don't know. Right? I'm not. This is an age-old question. I've never played flag football. That's gonna be like that's gonna be like flag football's version of a horse collar. Maybe. (laughs) I think that's whack. (laughs) I don't know, Jim. (laughs) Did he grab the belt or the flag? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) What do you mean, Jim? And that's what's later on.